0: Night Watches by John MacDuff The Holiness of God You Only Are Holy Revelation chapter 15 verse 4 What a sublime perfection is this. It would seem to form the loftiest theme for the adorations of saints and angels. They cease not day nor night to cry, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. It evokes from the church on earth her loudest strains. Let them praise His great and terrible name, for it is holy. Holy, holy, holy three, one Jehovah evermore, Father, Son, and Spirit, we, dust and ashes, would adore Lightly by the world esteemed, from that world by you redeemed. Sing we here with glad accord, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord. Reader, seek in some feeble measure to apprehend the nature of God's unswerving hatred at sin. It is the deep, deliberate, innate opposition of his nature to moral evil which requires him to hate it and visit it with impartial punishment. It is not so much a matter of will as of necessity. But what pleasure can there be in meditating on so awful a theme? The contemplation of a God of purer eyes than to behold iniquity, in whose sight the heavens are not clean, Jesus, your glorious atonement is the mirror in which we can gaze unappalled on this august attribute. Your cross is to the wide universe a perpetual monument and memorial of the holiness of God. It proclaims as nothing else could you love righteousness and hate wickedness. Through that cross, the holiest of all beings becomes the most gracious of all. Now we can love him, says a saint who has entered on his rest. Not only although he is holy, but because he is holy. Gaze, and gaze again on that monumental column until it teaches the lesson How vain elsewhere to look for pardon. How delusive that dream on which multitudes peril their eternal safety that God will be at last too merciful to punish. Surely if any less awful vindication could have sufficed or had it been compatible with the rectitude of the divine nature and the requirements of the divine law To dispense pardon in any other way. Gethsemane and Calvary, with all their awful exponents of agony, would have been spared. The almighty victim would not have voluntarily submitted to a life of ignominy, and a death of woe if, by any simpler method, he could have cleared the guilty. But this was impossible. If he was to save others, himself he could not save. Believer, seek that some faint and feeble emanation from this divine attribute of holiness may be yours. Let holiness to the Lord be the superscription on your heart and life. Abounding grace can give no sanction or encouragement to abound in sin. His mercy, says Reynolds, is a holy mercy which knows how to pardon sin, not to protect it. It is a sanctuary for the penitent, not for the presumptuous. Or, are you tempted to murmur under the dealings of your God? What are the sorest of your trials in comparison with what they might have been? Had this holy God left you to know in all the sternness of its meaning how glorious he is in holiness? Rather marvel, considering your sins, that your trial has been so small, your cross so light. Blessed Jesus, into the sanctuary of holy mercy which you have opened for me, I will flee. I can now give thanks at the remembrance of God's holiness, deriving even from this august attribute one of the songs in the night. I will lie down and sleep in peace, for you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. Psalm 4, verse 8.